so much. Welcome to the Oscars. Congratulations. Congratulations to everyone who's nominated. And here are the nominees for Best Director. And now, here are the nominees for Original Screenplay. Here are the outstanding nominees for performance by an actor in a leading role. Here are the nominees for performance by an actress in a leading role. So here are the nominees for Best Picture. And the winner is Sally Field in Places in the Heart. The first time I didn't feel it, but this time I feel it. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for putting me through what you put me through. But I'm here and I'm happy. <laughs> um, I just want to, oh, here we go. Okay, uh, the studio, I love you, and Cameron Crowe, and uh, Tom Cruise. I love you, brother. And the Academy Award for Best Picture. La La Land. <laughs> What did you do? Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Holmes Movies Podcast, our first episode to be recorded in 2023. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, boy. Oh. Yeah, I just ruined it. Anyway, uh, yeah, my name is Anders. <laughs> my name is Anders Holmes. I'm Adam Holmes. Yep, Adam is back in America. We're doing this over Zoom again. Last couple of episodes, we were in the same room, and now we're doing the usual uh, process of zooming and recording and all that sort of stuff we're on the internet um yeah i'm i'm in massachusetts which is currently minus 20 degrees it is cold here but i'm warmed by the idea that i'm speaking to you all about movies um and um you're drinking a beer you bastard it's still too early for me to do that here it's uh well it's a non-alcoholic uh, non-alcoholic beer but it's fine why are you drinking non-alcoholic beer? Because I've been having because I was doing a dry January and I was drinking non-alcoholic. February. Well, I'm just sort of in still that zone. I had a I had a glass of white wine for, for dinner. So well, I hope you had some food as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a rigatoni, a white bolognese rigatoni from the uh, New York Times cooking uh, website. Well, they're not a sponsor, so yeah. But anyway, um it's a good, it's a good recipe. It's a good recipe. It's good for uh, sort of winter nights. Okay, all right, yeah, but when they give us some money, then we'll give them a proper plug. Um, I, yeah. uh, I'm i really so, excited because we're doing the alternative Oscars again. Yeah, it's that time of the year. It's uh, awards season. It's uh, that time of the year where the, uh, the internet loves to quarrel and bicker over who should have been nominated for and what. And the internet likes to quarrel and bicker every time of year. Yeah, I know. It's it's ridiculous and it kind of takes the I don't know. It's just it's I mean, some yeah, people, I get some it. people I, like it. Don't yuck there, yum. Some people live to book quarrel on the internet. Yeah, well, I know, but it's get on them. Have fun, people. Enjoy yourselves. The only the only thing that I was a little annoyed about was that Moon Age Daydream didn't get any nominations, the David Bowie documentary. Well, you know what? In in the years to come, we can go back in time and fix 2023, but yeah. We are going back in time to a different year, this episode, to fix that year. And that year is, wait, what year is it? It's uh, February 26th, 1942. So Pearl Harbor. So uh, yeah, Pearl Harbor is still fresh in a lot of people's uh, memories. Uh, It's still fresh in my memory, Anders. I haven't forgotten it. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, a lot of, I've been reading, I got this book. Inside Oscar, written by Mason Wiley and Damien Boner. Damien Boner? <laughs> With B-O-N-A. Oh. 
the unofficial history of the academy awards it's a very old book it's not like completely up to date and on the front cover i guess it's marlon brando and bob hope fighting right i guess if what, someone did like what an amazing up- person gave you this book what a what it's, brilliant it's, philanthropist yeah it was, it was you, yeah i do Very feel like a i feel like if somebody did like an updated version of this book it would probably have this the picture of chris rock getting slapped by will smith because that's what i think of when i see this oh yeah so what do you think happened there's like keep your last name out of my mouth that's the butter <laughs> you know, I, don't talk about <laughs> I really like streetcar named desire what are you talking about you don't sound, now you sound like Bob Dylan. <laughs> is this real, man? <laughs> uh, I, gotta, I gotta find my Brando. Where's my Brando? Okay. Where's my Where's my Brando? <laughs> Brando! We're very quiet. What's We're that? hunting rabbits. That's not Marlon Brando. That's Elmer Fudd. <laughs> I'm trying because I saw it's Robin Williams was doing like an Elmer Fudd. And Marlon Brando pretending to be Elmer Fudd. Don't so. steal Robin Williams's bit. <laughs> um, okay, look, back on track. We're yeah. in we're in 1942, which means we're doing the films of 1941 because that's how it works. Yeah, right. And at the Oscars, so you've got to keep up. If it's 42, that means we're doing the films of 1941. If you want us to do the films of 1942, you've got to come back for the 1943 episode. Is that clear? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I wasn't asking you. I was asking the listeners, but they can't reply. So I guess that's... Oh, yeah. right, so, 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 um, 1941, um, Citizen Kane came out in 1941. Yeah, there was a big... Uh, yeah, Citizen Kane, 25-year-old. Uh, I assume Citizen Kane is going to win all the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? Uh, no. So interestingly enough, at the Oscars, they didn't really decorate that much. At the, So the Oscars w- this year was at the uh, the Biltmore Hotel, the, Bilt- the Biltmore Bowl, and it was hosted by Bob Hope, who hosted it, I think, quite a few times, actually. He hosted it like... Yeah, I think he hosted it like 500 times, yeah. I mean, the guy yeah. lived to be a million years old, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, there, there was like a whole thing about Citizen Kane, um, mainly because uh, I guess you are familiar with uh, Luella Parsons. Uh, yes, I know. I know Luella. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she was a very good friend of William Randolph Hearst, who, of course, is Charles Foster Kane in Citizen Kane is based on William Randolph Hearst. And William Randolph yeah. Hearst uh, was a bit at first was like, um, is this guy based on me? And Orson Welles, Orson Welles was like, no. And then when people no, watched, no, 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 no. give you that idea. <laughs> it's another guy. <laughs> and um, yeah, so. It is William Randolph Hearst. <laughs> yes, and, no, completely, obviously him. Yeah, yeah. So there was like a whole big. I think Willie uh, Luella Parsons was like doing a whole thing about trying to, you know, disrupt the whole campaign of Citizen Kane and everything like that. He and was one to... of the gossip columnists, right? Yeah, she was. She was. A, she was one of the gossip col- uh, columnists of the time, and also there was Hedda Hopper. Very who, powerful. Yeah, Hedda Hopper was also another. Uh, she was also a gossip columnist as well. Columnist, sorry, I messed up the word. And uh, Luella and Hedda, they were they were big rivals. Yeah, yeah, they were they were really the two. They were the two kind of poison pens of Hollywood. And you and you can't. I really don't think you can underestimate how powerful they were. Like they could they could ruin people's careers if they wanted to. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Luella, she had that power. I mean, she was pretty. I think she was quite, uh, you know, active during the whole. Um, hollywood you know the blacklist and everything the yeah yeah, yeah, of course. yeah so she's 
<laughs> she's a piece of work. Um, and um, yeah, so she yeah. Did, she went to work on this film, huh? Yeah. So in her autobiography, according to the book, Tell It to Luella, this is her autobiography, she said, I believe I have carried only one grudge for any length of time, and that was against Orson Welles. I feel okay. justified. Why does why was why does she feel justified? What's wrong with Orson Welles? I mean, apart from I mean, he was probably a bit of an egomaniac, but yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was just because of her affiliation with William Randolph Hearst. It was mainly just because of that. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, so okay. So obviously, we're going to talk a lot about Citizen Kane, um, and we're going to talk a lot. I mean, it's the first year of the America's War. I mean, America. Yeah, gets they they had by... decorated they had decorated it with um, American flags. It was not a very sort of glamorous affair, and some people weren't really dressed up or anything like that. James Stewart, who came on to uh, to uh, give some of the awards out, he gave awards for best actor and best supporting actor. He was dressed in uniform. Uh, Donald Crisp, who uh, won an Oscar for best supporting actor for um, How Green Was My Valley, he was. Well, fucking, um, oh, we haven't got there yet. You can't give away who won. <laughs> well, he. I'm just saying he was in uniform as well. Well, and worth noting that Jimmy Stewart actually went. Uh, and did some serious fighting in the war. He flew bombers over Germany, and um, he—I mean, he was—he—he—he he, he saw some—he saw action and was, um, I think, quite high, highly decorated um, by the end of it. Um, and it's kind of ironic that he comes back and plays a character in uh, *It's a Wonderful Life* who can't fight in the war and who has a brother yeah. who's a war hero. So, yeah. Anyway, did I bit of I want to go and fight the war. Nobody fights my battles. Yeah. Um. Oh, oh, folks. Uh, we're, we're gathered here. No, what am I? What, my James Stewart impression is not good today either. Um. Yeah. So should we read off? Okay. Should we? I'll read off the uh, films that were nominated for Best Picture that year. Outstanding oh, motion. Wait, picture. wait, wait, wait. Which order are we going in? Should we go from like the the least the technical Oscars and then up, or should we start with Best Pictures and then go down? Uh, we we can go with Best Pictures and go down. Well, we didn't we before do like start with like screenplay and stuff. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Well, let, what, yeah. What, let, let, let's start with screenplay. Think, okay. Yeah, because it's like we build up to the to the to the big one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, the nominations for best original screenplay uh, were Tom, Dick, and Harry, Paul Jericho, Tall, no. Dark, and Handsome, Carl Thunberg, and Daryl Ware, Sergeant York, John Huston, Howard Cock. Abram Finkel and Har Harry Chandley, uh, The Devil and Miss Jones, Norman Krasner, and Citizen Kane. Uh, Herman J. Mankiewicz and Orson Welles. And Herman J. Mankiewicz did actually fight to be co-credited on the film, which Orson Welles was a little bit against. And there was a lot of like distance between the two after the film was made and during the sort of awards ceremony and things like that. Yeah. So um, if anyone's I seen think... Mank, then you probably know the story already. Yeah. So given that I've literally not seen any of the other films and I really love the screenplay for citizen kane um i'm inclined to keep this one the same um what other not i mean what other possible nominations could you get i suppose I, you could i i would throw in i would maybe i haven't seen any of the other nominations but i would probably throw in uh ball of fire which is a howard hawks film which stars uh gary cooper and uh barbara stanwick which i saw last night and it's kind of like a you know, sort of contemporary adaptation of Snow White, and it's written by Charles Brackett and Billy Wilder. Well, interestingly, it says here on the Wikipedia 
that uh, that was nominated under Best Original Story. So I don't know what that means. Oh yeah, it was. Well, yeah, I would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, um, yeah, I would have okay, given it. To... There's like three different bloody writing awards. Okay. Uh, well, I was it's also so going to say it's like best screenplay, best original screenplay, and best original best story. Yeah, best adapted screenplay. Do they still have that distinction? Uh, what best story? Best original screenplay, best adapted screenplay. Well, or today, it... today it's best original screenplay and best adapted screenplay. Okay, okay. I guess we could do best adapted screenplay, but uh, yeah, um, whatever. I mean, I will say obviously the Maltese Falcon is great. Yeah. But also, I'm really confused. Why is Sullivan's Travels not nominated for anything? Why? Yeah, of course. Why is that not on there? That's a fantastic screenplay. Sullivan's Travels definitely should have been nominated for something. Um, I mean, High Sierra as well, I think, with Humphrey Bogart. Um, the um, Raoul Walsh. Uh, Raoul Walsh, yeah. Um, I, feel, I feel like that should have been that should have been nominated as well. But I yeah. think Citizen Kane... I, I do think Citizen Kane deserves the Oscar. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I do think I, I, um, if you guys want to check out, if anybody wants to watch Ball of Fire, it's still on the Criterion channel until uh, the end of the month. It's part of the Screwball Comedies um, sort of collection. And uh, The Lady Eve, which was also nominated, uh, also starring Barbara Stanwyck and um, Sullivan's Travels. So they're still on there. So do check those out. They're really good films. Yeah, they're all, they're all, those three are all, I mean, well, I haven't seen Ball of Fire, but Sullivan's Travels especially, but also The Lady Eve are great films. Um, Question about The Lady Eve. Yes. Do you think Henry Fonda was a little bit miscast for that film? Um, He's not born to play in a screwball comedy. It's true. Would he is though he's quite good at being like a sort of eccentric rich boy nerd, which yeah. is kind of his character in the film. But um yeah, I don't know. It's it's I saw a, a kind of a gentle comedy that was Ernst Lubitsch did with Gary Cooper as on. Well. I'm just like Gary Cooper is that in, the, in a, this kind of like romantic comedy? I'm just not sure. But um oh, it was in uh, I mean, that uh Marlena Dietrich film. He was kind of like a romantic lead in that film. Which one? Oh, Morocco. Morocco, yeah. Yeah, but that not, but like that was it. But he's playing like a a cool soldier guy in that film, and it's like a straight romance. This one is more like a rom com. Uh, wait, 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 wait. There was like a pre code film that he was in. Design. It was uh, what was it called? Design for Living. Design for Living. Yes, that's the one I'm referring to with Frederick March. And it just it's it was just a bit of an awkward fit for Cooper. Yeah, I don't know. Um, like who would you have had instead in the Lady Eve? Like Cary Grant? I don't know. I mean, Cary Grant. I guess he was. I mean. Yeah, maybe if you'd be playing the same character that he was playing in um, Bringing Up Baby, basically. Yeah, or The Awful Truth for uh, Holiday, the George Cukor film. I don't know, maybe Jimmy Stewart. I don't know. I think, I don't know. Stewart could have been good. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. Walter Brennan. I have no idea. Walter Brennan? <laughs> it's a joke. As a romantic lead. I love that. Um, okay, look. Um, let's move on to the next category. So uh, it's uh, Best Supporting Actress. Uh, Mary Astor for The Great Lie, which I have not seen, but I have rented on um, Apple TV to give it a watch. Who else we got? Uh, there, She won the Oscar. There's Sarah Olgood for How Green Was My Valley. I think she's playing the uh, matriarch of the main family. Yeah. Uh, Patri uh, sorry, Pat uh, Patricia Coolidge for Little Foxes. I've not seen... The Little Foxes or Hybrid. The, I haven't seen any of the films that were that were nominated yeah. for Best Supporting Actress. Teresa Wright for uh, The Little Foxes and uh, Margaret uh, Margaret uh, Witcherly for uh, Sergeant York, which also stars Gary Cooper. 
Right. Um, I would certainly have some other. Um, I would certainly have some other nominations for that. Um, can I throw some into the hat? Yeah, sure. Uh, so first of all, I would like to nominate um, Ida Lupino from High Sierra. Cool. I think that's, I think that's fair. Although she's kind of also the lead in that, but there's kind of two leads. So have you seen High Sierra? Uh, not yet. No, but I have also rented it just to give it a watch. So I would say, I would say Ida Lupino from High Sierra for sure. Um, she's, she's very very good in that. Um, and then, um, is there anything else that springs to mind? Um, Such looking at the list. Looking at the list of I films. Would, I would maybe throw in uh, Maureen O'Hara for How Green Was My Valley because I actually think she was quite good in that film. And also, that was one oh. of her like first big films, and she was like twenty years old at the time. Yeah, sure. Um, also, I, I I was reading on IMDb. There's a scene in the film. It's close to the beginning of How Green Was My Valley. It's it's the the miners are all walking home and they're all dirty and coley and everything like that and they're all singing and you know because it's a john ford film they have to be singing and everything well, john ford film set in wales so yeah. yeah wales but filmed in santa monica mountains um and there's a scene like they're, they're, there's a scene when they all come to their homes and the men like the women are waiting for them and then they throw in their earnings in like some baskets or something like that and then maureen o'hara said oh wait this basket is is historically inaccurate it shouldn't be in the scene and then john ford had a hissy fit and then said go away go sit over there and she sat on a hill for like an hour and then she came because he was like annoyed with her and then she came back and then they had, they had changed the baskets for the scene wow yeah because sometimes if people fell out with the uh, you know jack ford they didn't uh jack they didn't ford? live to make another that was his nickname um john ford sorry i'm not friends with him um <laughs> john ford uh you know he they, you wouldn't you wouldn't live to to work with him again i guess you could also say even though she has a very very small part but people have won for very very small parts before agnes moorhead in citizen kane you know she packs a punch i mean she yeah. everything she but i i would still or, say or i would throw in a in a very sort of curveball uh simone simon for the devil and daniel webster oh um a nice okay. little pre-cat people the role for her Gosh, okay. Um, I think based, I think I'm inclined to say Maureen O'Hara because that's very on brand for us. And um, yeah. Also, Kathleen Howard for Ball of Fire. She was um, a Canadian born American. Uh, she was a bit on theater and she was a big character actress. And this was like, she passed, she lived in, she was born in 1884 and died in 1956. And this film came out in 41, so she was, uh, quick math, maybe in her 60s when she was doing this film, and she's great in it. So I would maybe give her an Oscar nomination for Ball of Fire for Best Supporting Actress. Oh, okay, well, what do you, let's go with Maureen O'Hara, though, because um, yeah. we've got to move on. Um, yes. Best Supporting Actor. Best Supporting Actor. So we have Sydney Greenstreet uh, Green for uh, The Maltese Falcon. Yep. Uh, James Gleason for Here Comes Mr. Jordan, a Robert Montgomery film. Uh, Charles Coburn for The Devil in Mrs. Jones, or Devil in The Devil in Miss Jones is the porno version. Oh, and as <laughs> what? <laughs> I haven't seen it. I'm just pointing it out. Uh, is that Walter actually Br true? 
Yeah, there's a, there's a porn film called The Devil in Miss Jones. Oh God! Oh, God. I thought you just made that up because you were mind. Was it making that up? No. Okay. Well, that's I'm not that's... that crass. <laughs> I didn't know that they they were like you know porn adaptations of 1940s movies. That's weirdly admirable. I mean, okay. I mean, like like porn. Is, films... is there also one called Sergeant Pork? <laughs> no, but there is one called Edward Penis Hands. That's not from 1941. I'm not having that. If it, I, that's and that's just stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. All right, so Walter, Walter, Walter Brennan for Sergeant York um, yeah. and Donald Crisp for How Green Was My Valley. Right. I have not seen How Green Was My Valley. Do you think Donald Crisp deserved to win? Uh, he's good, but I don't know. I'm, I prefer Sydney Greenstreet. So do I. I move that we nominate and award Sydney Greenstreet for the Maltese Falcon. Although you could also give a shout out to uh, Peter Lorre for that film. Yeah. You imbecile! You idiot! <laughs> I think um, he's probably I think he's probably too hammy though, wouldn't you say? Uh yeah, but when uh but you know, have it has have the Oscars ever given I'm sure the Oscars have given an award for someone to ham it up on the screen. They've done that many yes, times. Yes, they do that all the time, but this is the whole point. This is the alternative Oscars. This is when we give the Oscars that we think of just. I still think I still think Sydney Greenstreet should have won. Yeah, he was great. Uh very compelling. Um Maybe Elisha Cook Jr. He was pretty good in Maltese Falcon for a nomination. Yeah, but he's not as good as Green Street. No, no, no. But of course not. But he was. I, it's worth to put him in the ring. Um, a lot of people actually thought, uh, according to uh, the book, a lot of people actually, when James Stewart came on, they actually thought that he was going to he um, Walter Brennan for Sergeant York was uh, was uh, going to get the award. Well, Walter Brennan just kept winning this award like millions of times, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, yeah. and uh, Crisp who. You know, his film career had started in 1908. He had worked with uh, W. Griffith. He said, um, other old-timers should be given a chance and they too could win awards. And uh, Walter Brennan came by and he kissed him on the top of his head when he came back to sit down, Don Crisp. Oh, that's the nicest thing I ever heard. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Hello, that's oh, it's just your head. Um, <laughs> oh, bless my soul. Right. Um... I'm not. I'm not really seeing anyone else that you could nominate apart from maybe um, what's his name, um, Eugene Palette in uh, the Lady Eve. Yeah, or uh, or I would maybe say uh, Walter Houston for uh, the Devil and Daniel Webster. I've not seen the Devil and Daniel Webster. Okay, um, Walter 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 Houston is very very good in the film, but also. Uh, I mean, Simone Simon is great in the film as well. You, I get you're familiar with Devil and Daniel Webster. I've never seen it. I, yeah, mean, I don't it, even. Know. Yeah, I don't know anything it, about it. It's on the Criterion Channel. It's uh, it's it's worth uh, checking out. It's very creepy. It's directed by uh, William uh, Deatrell. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'd love to watch it. Okay. So, best supporting actor, Sydney Greenstreet. Yes. Right. So, Good. best actress. So, uh, Barbara Stanwyck. I mean, she was in every movie in 1941, like Meet yeah. John Doe, Ball of Fire, Lady Eve. Uh, I mean, she was in a bunch of films that year. I love Barbara Stanwyck. I mean, she's great. She's she's wonderful. Uh, so she was nominated for Ball of Fire. She really really good in that as uh, Catherine O'Shea, uh, nicknamed uh, Sugar Puss. Hang on. What? Well, her name is Catherine O'Shea, but everyone calls her Sugar Puss in the film. And they let that. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, oh, they, let that, they let that slide. They let, uh, that go. They let that slide. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Greer Garson for Blossoms in the Dust. Mm. It's a uh, Mervyn Leroy film. 
I can't believe that we're in the 1940s and you've seen more of these films than I have. Uh, Olivia de Havilland, Hold Back the Dawn, which um, Arrow Academy have a Blu-ray of, which I really want to get a hold of. Uh, she was competing with her sister, Joan Fontaine, for an Oscar this year. And they did not like each other, right? Uh, supposedly, yeah. They were rivals. Um, but I think from what I'm reading in the book, um, Olivia, like when she, Joan Fontaine, she finished her thank you. She returned to the table where Olivia shook her hand. Olivia smiled faintly. Yeah, that... That seems to check out. Yeah, smile yeah. faintly. That's, yeah, yeah. So Betty uh, Davis was uh, nominated for The Little Foxes, and Joan Fontaine she won for Suspicion, the uh, Alfred Hitchcock film. Great, which I still have not seen. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it either. So um, I'm not sure about this. Um, I, I think I would maybe. Okay say veronica lake for i was just about to say that the other reason i want to say that is because veronica lake um was massively pregnant when she made that movie and you cannot tell because of the amazing costume design by um edith head which i'm noticing um we haven't talked about costume design but if there was an oscar for costume design in 1941 she should get it um yeah I, I love Veronica Lake in Sullivan's Travels. Yeah, she's wonderful. I thought her... I mean, Joel McRae and her did not get along during the making of that film, but they managed to really? actually have... No, they didn't. Apparently, they didn't get along. Uh, that, but they had a they had a really good uh, the chemistry on, on camera, which is... So that's some good acting from them. Well, yeah, but I... And I, I will also say that I love Barbara Stanwyck, but I'd like to give it to her for Lady Eve. So my choices would either be Veronica Lake for Sullivan's Travels or uh, Barbara Stanwyck for the Lady Eve. Yeah. Well, which one are we going to choose? I'm going to go with Sullivan's Travels. All right, fine. Veronica Lake wins it for uh, Best Actress. And maybe, uh, you know, she had quite a sad life. Maybe if she had won an Oscar for uh, Sullivan's Travels, it would have turned out better. Anyway. Yeah. I don't really know. What, what did, she, did she really have a bad life? Yeah, she died young. Yeah, uh, she because she fell out of the movie. She lost a lot of money. And it's one of those sad stories. Uh, I think... I think... Uh, What's her name? Uh, you must remem remember this. What's her name? The woman, who, the woman who hosts that show. Uh, Karina Longworth. She, she I think you. she she, she did a uh, she. I think she did she did like an episode about dead blondes, like that. No, series. not an episode. She did a whole series. It's great. She did a whole series about it, and I think uh, Veronica Lake was one of those uh, actresses that was mentioned. Yeah, have you listened to that series? I did. Yeah, I listened to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, but we shouldn't plug other people's podcasts, especially when they already have way more followers than us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, Best Actor is really interesting because this is the only time that Cary Grant was nominated and he was nominated for Penny Serenade, which I've never seen. No, I haven't um, seen it either. But you've also got Orson Welles um, Robert, for Citizen Kane, Robert Montgomery for Here Comes Mr. Jordan, Walter Houston for All That Money Can Buy, and Gary Cooper uh, wait, for Wait, I made, I made a mistake. Uh, all That Money Can Buy is The Devil and Daniel Webster. They changed the name to not confuse people with The Devil and Miss Jones. So, oh, yeah. fuck's sake. All right. So, so we'll, I, I would still, say yeah. the other actor in that film who I think should, should have also got a nomination for Best Supporting Actor or Best Actor, because to be honest, he's not really the lead he's more of the supporting character in that film i would say edward arnold should get best actor he plays daniel webster in the film and, De and walter houston should have got nominated for best actor best supporting actor this is all very confusing um yeah. okay look i have not seen all that money come by aka the devil and daniel webster but um 
uh, I have seen uh, Citizen Kane, and I don't care how good Gary Cooper is in Sergeant York, but Orson Welles should have won Best Actor for Citizen Kane. Agreed? Yeah. Agreed. The other people that you could nominate, I think, for this year include Humphrey Bogart in High Sierra. Yeah. And I would or say... Humphrey Bogart you, for Maltese Falcon. I think he's better in High Sierra, to tell you the truth. Um, and the other one that I would just throw in there as a bit of a curveball is the um, uh, performance by Jean Gabin in um, a French film called Remorque, which was released in uh, uh, America under the title Stormy Waters. Um, which, yeah, um, that's, I think that's on uh, Criterion Channel. It is, uh, and it's a great, it's a great movie. Um, yeah. There's a few Japanese uh, films that came out of this time, and I doubt we would have snuck in a few Japanese films to be nominated because of Pearl Harbor and all that. Well, you and I would, but maybe, um, yeah, I don't yeah. think, I don't think, yeah, I haven't seen any of the the Japanese films from 1941. Um, but I would say that uh, I think Jean Gabin would be worth a nomination. But I just can't, I can't see anyone else but Orson Welles winning for best actor for best actor for Citizen Kane in 1940. I just Come on. Yeah. So we agreed? Yeah, I, I would agree with that too. I haven't I've yet to see Sergeant York. I do kind of want to see it just to see what it's you know like and also because it's a Howard Hawks film. And um yeah. Yeah, Citizen Kane. Give it to Orson Wells. He should have deserved it. He did deserve it. Yes, in our world. Yeah. In our better world. Um all right, best director, speaking of um yeah. our old friend. John Ford won for How Green Was My Valley. Yeah, I haven't... I started watching... Because I felt like having... Seeing as we were going to do this episode, and I haven't... I've never seen How Green Was My Valley before. And I felt like, you know, I made the call, the phone rang, I answered it, I, I took the call, and I said, you got to watch... Well, the person on the other end said, you got to watch How Green Was My Valley. I did. I started watching it. It has all the John Fordy, Fordian-isms and everything like that. It's... It's got all those aspects. Um, doesn't have John Wayne or Ward Bond or Henry Fonda or anyone like that. But, you know, I can see why John Ford was very interested in that kind of film. Um, Daryl F. Zanuck wanted to do, like, a Gone with the Wind style film and make it into, like, this big four-hour Welsh movie. And everyone was like, uh, no, nobody wants to watch that. And, right. it's, you know, the film clocks in at about two hours. I mean, looking at the films that, like, he won Best Director for the quiet man and this and another film i can't remember grapes of wrath right yeah he never won for any westerns he never well, won this for any westerns i think it's okay for it doesn't sound like um you um enjoyed hungry Mother my valley like i, I it liked it like, I, I liked it but i feel like it there's nothing really like special about it there's nothing there's nothing really there's no real like there's no and there's no real antagonist there's no real like stakes it's just about a, a family dealing with life and you know strikes at the mill and you know and a really rude teacher who gets boxed by a couple of drunk welsh people and stuff like that and it's you know it's a film about like there's like one of my favorite moments in the film is um well one of my well not really a favorite moment one of the most interesting moments in the film is when the men come back from the from the mines you know in the mine <laughs> and uh you know they're in the baths and they're outside and they're washing themselves and the and the women the sisters and the mother and they all come in and they give them clothes and everything like that there's no i mean yeah it sounds it, like it should have been directed by mike lee though in like you know yeah, it, just, it feels you know. like given what the story is and 
you know, maybe, I don't know, I've never read the book that it's based on. I'm sure the book is a lot more detailed and they probably condensed it into a two-hour film. It, it probably would benefit from being done in a miniseries sort of format because there were other series of books because the main character that Roddy McDowell plays and Roddy McDowell, this was like his first film as like a child actor and there were like other books, series of books with that character when he went off to Argentina and then back to Wales and um, everything yeah, like that. So maybe there's something there to make a series out of, but I don't know. if it's Not enough to win Best Picture is what we're saying. And yeah, it, we have, in our multiverse, um, we've given John Ford other Oscars for things like The Searchers already. And I think yeah. also for Stagecoach in our 1939 episode, if I'm remembering correctly. So I think we can take this one away from them. Yeah, I think so too. And give it to Orson Welles, right? Yeah. Or <laughs> Preston Sturridge for uh, Sullivan's Travels. Oh, because yeah. that is a very well-directed film. It say. is, but is it as good? Is it as good as not as good as Citizen Kane? But still, I think he deserved to have been nominated as well. Yeah, he deserves to have been nominated, but I'm not giving it to Sullivan's Travels. Yeah, uh, I guess you could also say John Huston for Maltese Falcon. Yeah, I would have given it. Yeah, maybe a nomination to him as well. That's true. Uh, but let's just give it to Orson Welles. Yeah. And without further ado, let's also give Best Picture to Citizen Kane because it was the best film in 1941. <laughs> Everyone knew that. It's such yeah. a crime that they just fucked that movie. It's like, uh, it's like, um, it's almost as bad as when they just didn't give anything to do the right thing in 1989. Or when Green Book won it the same year when Black Klansman and all those other films. Right, yeah. It's, it's just a deliberate slap in the face. Or, I mean, you could compare it, I guess, because... When they didn't give it to Spike Lee, it's Hollywood just being racist. When it's yeah. not giving it to Orson Welles, it's because they don't like Iconoclast. It's kind of similar to when they didn't give Pulp Fiction anything. Yeah, except, well, yeah, they won Best Original Screenplay, but that was pretty much it. Which is also the same as Citizen Kane. It won for Screenplay yeah. and Zilch Charles. So let's give, uh, let's give Citizen Kane Best Picture. What actually won was uh, How Green Was My Valley, right? Yeah, Best Picture was How Green Was My Valley. That's true. Right. Anyway, at least Maltese Falcon was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. And uh, Blossoms in the Dust, Here Comes Mr. Jordan, Hold Back the Dawn, The Little Foxes, One Foot in Heaven, Sergeant York, and uh, Suspicion. Yeah. In fact, Hitchcock won in 1940 for Rebecca, didn't he? He did. He won at the Oscars the year before for Rebecca. That's true. Yeah. So... Um... Yeah. And, and John Ford won the year before that with The Grapes of Wrath. Sorry, to clarify, that's Best Picture, not Director's Hitchcock famously never won Best Yeah, that was Best Picture for Rebecca and Best Director for uh, The Grapes of Wrath that, the year before that. Right. Okay, but that's not the year we're looking at. I think, I think him, I think Capra and John Ford are two directors. I may be mistaken. I'm sure someone who listens to this may correct me, but I think they're one of the few directors that have won Best Director three times. Yeah, I can't think of... Has Eastwood won it three times? No, he's only won it twice. Unforgiven and Million Dollar Baby. Well, maybe Spielberg. Spielberg's won it twice. Maybe he could win it three times this year for the Fablemans. Yeah. And John Ford apparently said to even Spielberg, when the horizon's at the top, it's interesting. When the horizon's at the bottom, it's interesting. When the horizon's in the middle, it's boring as shit. Hmm. Good luck he's to you. He's played by... Uh... David Lynch. Uh, David Lynch in the yeah. movie, yeah. Um, supposedly yeah. that, the, the scene in the film was supposedly a real conversation that John Ford had with Steven Spielberg. 
Yeah, I've, I've seen an interview with Spielberg where he talks about it. Um, yeah, I've also seen pictures from the film which make um, which are just bizarre because the, John Ford's office was actually covered in paintings by Frederick Remington, and the stills I've seen from the film have pictures from John Ford movies on the walls, which is just mental. So well, one, I don't one of them is the scene from the structures. Yeah, that's yeah, true. which is insane. Like that's not what it just feels like really shonky production design and. Spielberg should know better. So I'm, I'm, I haven't seen the Fablemans yet, but that doesn't endear me to it. Anyway, um, I think that's good. I think it was good. We've done some restorative justice and given Citizen Kane its, uh, its, uh, its rewards yeah. that it had it had coming. So um, that was 1942. Stay tuned for next time when we'll come back with a different year. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear some interesting things that happened that evening? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, Definitely. so the featured speaker that was invited by Daryl Zanuck was Wendell Wilkie, who was the Republican presidential candidate who ran unsuccessfully against uh, Roosevelt in 1940. Uh, yes. Bob, Ho Bob Hope had a uh, Wilkie for president on his lapel. Um, yeah, uh, he, uh -huh. yeah, so... That's, so that's it, a classic, like, Bob Hope humor, <laughs> Yeah, so Wilkie he stood up and he saluted the film industry, and you know he he you know he for being among the first to appreciate fully true American sentiment, and for disclosing the vicious character of Nazi plotting and violence. Nice. And the um, next speaker after that was the Chinese ambassador, Doctor Who. Sorry, uh, uh, apologies if I'm pronouncing the name properly. Doctor Who, she. Doctor Who. Doctor Who, she or she, S H I H who lightened things up by commenting, I have never seen so many beautiful ladies in my life. I think I've seen more stars tonight than I've ever seen with my nearsighted eyes in the sky. The moving picture is one of the greatest inventions of mankind. It makes mankind happy. Well, um, and, um, Dr. And, Hushi, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there was a bit of a lot of Luella Parsons' group. They applauded very vigorously when the Cinematography Award went to How Green Was My Valley. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, also Greg Toland, he was nominated for Citizen Kane, I think. He should have won it. Fucking hell, we didn't do cinematography. Greg Toland should have won for Citizen Kane. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And uh, Dumbo won Best Scoring of a Musical Picture. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Yeah, cinematography um, should have gone. Yeah. Any other to... good anecdotes? Yeah. Well, Cecil, Cecil B. DeMille. This is a okay. Again, this is what Cecil B. DeMille did. I'm just reading it out from the book. Um, so Cecil B. DeMille, he went on a very lengthy discourse while he was he was presenting the Best Director Award, and he said, "Some of the people who spoke before me have stolen the thunder, like Mr. Wilkie and the Jap. I mean, Chinese ambassador." Oh Jesus. Cecil. <laughs> yeah, and um yeah, so uh yeah, Miss uh, yeah, Mrs. Cecil B. DeMille was very embarrassed by her husband's faux pas about the Chinese ambassador, and then she turned him away. She turned to him on the way home and said, Well, Cecil, at least at last you have done something that Hollywood will remember. Oh <laughs> in your face. <laughs> and oh, wow. um there was a bit of funny little uh, moment when uh, Gary Cooper won um, his award because he was being presented to uh, the presenter of the, that award was James Stewart. And um, James Stewart fumbled handing the Oscar to Gary Cooper and they nearly dropped it. 
Oh, just, Jesus. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, sorry, oh, Gary. oh, God, Gary. Oh, I nearly broke it. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that was, oh, that was close. And, um, yeah. And, uh, uh, and, uh, Gary Cooper, he smiled and he sheepishly at the microphone, he lifted one foot off the floor and he said, it was Sergeant Alvin York who won this award. Shucks, I've been in this business 16 years and sometimes dreamed I might get one of these things. That's all I can say. Funny, when I was dreaming, I always make it made a good speech. And then him and James Stewart walked off and then they forgot the Oscar on the podium. Fucking hell, guys. They just... <laughs> Made a right pig's ear of that. <laughs> Good speech, Gary. Let's first go get drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All so, right. so that was so that was some little uh, funny things that happened, and um, yeah, interesting book. Oh, I can't it wait sounds, to. It I can't wait to like look. A, it sounds like to... a bit of a crap evening to me. It sounds like it was quite drab. No one was really up for it, and they insulted the Chinese ambassador. <laughs> Yeah, so well there was a war going on and they tried their best to make laughs out of it and stuff like that did they well i, mean, I don't know <laughs> just like this, yeah because the war wasn't going particularly well in uh february 1942 um okay well we'll return next time with more hijinks from the world of hollywood and uh and more alternative correcting of the record but i've been meaning to come back and and talk about citizen kane because in all honesty guys like i know citizen kane is like uh, it was the top sight and sound film for ages and maybe it's overrated and it's like maybe it was overrated but it is still one of the great films of all time it's one of the best debuts it is an incredible piece of storytelling and acting and film you know cinematography and yeah. and it, it's full of amazing performances by the way we didn't mention in the best supporting actor category joseph cotton and everett sloan which yeah. you could also have nominated um, you know, it's it's a, it's a terrific film, and if you haven't seen it and you're thinking, oh, it's probably overrated, it's not. Watch it, and if you know how it ends, fine. If you know what Rosebud is, fine. It doesn't ruin the movie. I knew what it was when I went into it, and it it really uh, is is it, it is it's just worth watching. Yeah, I think like I mean, I watched it when I was, I think I was 15 or 16 when I first watched it, and I was completely amazed by it because he was doing stuff with the camera and transitions and the way it was all the narrative. And he was doing stuff that I yeah, think that blocking was just amazing. Yeah. Thing. I think he was doing some stuff that I feel like a lot of filmmakers at that point were, weren't really doing. I think he was a little bit of a, a renegade or something close to that, but I feel like he was really, you could tell that this was a filmmaker who had passion for the craft and also, you know, knew what he was doing. And also famously, watched stagecoach like 17 times or something like that yeah yeah he was um he was pretty well um yeah he was he was really inspired by john ford so yeah yeah um, had a really cool like german expressionist kind of feel to it yeah there's loads of stuff going on in it loads yeah. of stuff he was he was one of the great i mean orson wells when he was at his best was one of the great artists of yeah. american cinema no question no question true well on that note Let's get out of here. Yes. Well, yeah, you can uh, check us out on Twitter. We're at Holmes Movies Pod. I'm also at Fabricius91. And I guess Adam is still at Northampton Dane or... I need to change that. I can change yeah, that. Because you changed places. I'm living I'm living in a different place now. Yeah. Um, He's living on uh, Mars. Yeah. I wish. I'm in Holyoke. Um, I, um, it's cold. Um, 
We're cool. also on Letterboxd. Both of us are on Letterboxd, which is a fun service that you can use to look at movies and stuff and rate them and make lists. And it's 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 so much better than any other social media. And it's just about films and it's yeah, delicious. Yeah. Um, you can avoid all the drama and everything like that. It's wonderful. Ah, yes. It's a calm space. And uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter so we can uh, post what the next uh, alternative Oscars is going to be. I don't, we, um, the last top 10 episode we did was on the 1980s. I don't know if when we're going to do the 1970s episode. I guess we're just going to focus on the award season. We'll come back after award season. Yeah. 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 Gives me some time to watch some films in the 1970s because you've seen all the films from the 1970s. Well, I mean, there's a few I have here I haven't watched yet that I really want to try and oh, see and see oh, if they yes, make yes. it into the top 10 or something like that. I've I've made like a letterbox list I need to like rearrange and stuff. And as no one cares, they want to leave now. Yes. Okay. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye.